The Supreme Court blocks President Biden's vaccine mandate. Cannabis compounds show promise in stopping COVID virus from infecting human cells. 270 alleged doctors send an open letter to Spotify demanding action against Joe Rogan. And the Michigan Democratic Party deletes controversial Facebook post about parents. Yep, my home state continues to embarrass itself on the regular. Coming up now on Notes from the Underground. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Notes from the Underground. Before we dive in today, I'd just like to take a quick second to mention that the show is now available on iHeartRadio, as well as Spotify, Facebook, and our home podcast provider, Anchor.fm. Now, if you like what you've been hearing, don't be afraid to share the show with your friends. We are slowly growing here at the Underground, and the best way for us to continue that growth is with your support. And we really appreciate all of your support. You can also contact the show via Facebook, Instagram, or the show's email, mail to the underground 21 at gmail.com. That's mail, the number two, the underground 21 at gmail.com. Okay, so with all that out of the way, I've got quite a bit to get to in the stack today, so let's take a quick look at the first story. Now, as most everyone knows by now, President Biden's vaccine mandate was blocked by the Supreme Court in a 6-3 decision on Thursday, January 13, 2022. But, President Biden still managed to get a small win with the court allowing a mandate requiring healthcare workers at facilities receiving federal money to be vaccinated. The health care case was decided by a vote of 5-4 to four with Justices Roberts and Kavanaugh siding with the liberal justices to form the majority. That would be Kavanaugh being a Trump-appointed justice, by the way. Now, the Biden administration is reportedly still encouraging states and businesses to, quote, do the right thing and implement mandates of their own. In response to the ruling, President Biden said Thursday, quote, The court has ruled that my administration cannot use the authority granted to it by Congress to require this measure, but that does not stop me from using my voice as president to advocate for employers to do the right thing to protect Americans' health and the economy. Yeah, I'm not sure how many people are actually listening to that presidential voice there, Joe. And the president's poll numbers reflect this. Biden ended his first year in office with an average approval rating of 48.9%, according to Gallup, which the mainstream media found it necessary to point out was higher than his immediate predecessor, former President Donald Trump. Trump, who sat at 38.4% for his first year, according to Gallup. 
President Biden also called on business leaders to, quote, immediately join those who have already stepped up, including one-third of Fortune 100 companies, and institute vaccination requirements to protect their workers, customers, and communities. Yeah, ask Carhartt how that's working out. Carhartt is now facing conservative backlash for its own mandates. According to NPR, on Friday, Carhartt CEO Mark Vallade announced in an internal all-staff email that the company's vaccine mandate, which went into effect for most of Carhartt's 3,000 U.S.-based employees earlier this month, would stay in place despite the Supreme Court's decision. The mandate includes exceptions for religious and medical reasons. Quote, we put workplace safety at the very top of our priority list, and the Supreme Court's recent ruling doesn't impact that core value, Valade wrote. An unvaccinated workforce is both a people and business risk that our company is unwilling to take. Which was responded to, obviously, by conservatives with calls for boycotts of Carhartt products. Conservative lawyer Molly McCann responded in a January 18th tweet stating, quote, pretty rich from a company sustained by the ranchers, farmers, laborers, etc., who make this country great and celebrate her values of freedom and liberty. Boycott Carhartt until they break, end quote. That may be true, Molly, but Carhartt is actually quite popular with the leftist liberal hipster crowd, too. So all things considered, I'm no expert But I'm not sure how many companies are going to be eager to get involved in the business of placing mandates on their employees, especially when it's kind of hard to find people to work in the first place. But we'll see where it goes. Honestly, probably nowhere, but we'll see. Then there's Vice President Kamala Harris, who decided to come out of hiding recently. And apparently she brought out her best Michael Scott impression. Now, I want to I want to credit this joke that I'm about to make actually to Ben Shapiro. I kind of stole his his material here, but it's it's too good of a joke not to use, so I'm using it. Now, he didn't he didn't write this. I these are my words, but his joke is about her being comparable to Michael Scott. Anyway, recently our social justice vice president sat down with Craig Melvin from NBC's Today to discuss the administration's progress on COVID-19. Now, at one point in the interview, uh, Melvin asks the vice president, quote, at, at what point does the administration say this strategy isn't working? And her response is hilariously jaw-dropping. First of all, the look on her face is, is that of a deer the moment before being flattened by a semi-truck. And then, obviously, there's the nonsense gobbledygook embarrassment to the English language she manages to vomit out after being, com- after being caught completely off guard. I mean, honestly, the writers of The Office could not have come up with a better one-liner if they wanted to. Here's the exchange. At what point does the administration say, you know what, this strategy isn't working. We're going to change strategies. Six former... Administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. 
Sometimes I'll start a sentence, and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way, like an improv conversation. N improvisation. <laughs> that is comedy gold. <laughs> Oh, how do you know when you're doomed? When you have Michael Scott as the vice president of the United States. Would I rather be feared or loved? Um, easy, both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. Now, Vice President Harris also wants both. The difference is she wants people to love how much they fear her. Tulsi Gabbard pointed this out in a roundabout way during the Democrat debates two years ago. Here's Tulsi. I want to bring in, in Congresswoman Gabbard. I want to bring in Congresswoman Gabbard. Congresswoman Gabbard, you took issue with Senator Harris confronting Vice President Biden at the last debate. You called it a quote, false accusation that Joe Biden is a racist. What's your response? I want to bring the conversation back to the broken criminal justice system that is disproportionately negatively impacting black and brown people all across this country today. Now, Senator Harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president, but I'm deeply concerned about this record. There are too many examples to cite, but she put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. She blocked evidence. She blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. And she fought to keep cash you, bail system in place that impacts poor people in the worst kind of way. Thank you, Congresswoman. Uh, Senator Harris, your response. This is not the record of an honest civil servant, folks. We're doomed. But fear not, my friends, because there is some good news on the COVID front. I found two articles from Fortune.com. I think the first was linked to the Drudge Report, if I remember correctly. Anyway, the first article being dated January 12th, titled Cannabis Compounds Stopped COVID Virus from Infecting Human Cells in Lab Study. And the second article was tied to the first article, and it was dated January 14th, titled, Does Cannabis Really Protect Humans from COVID? Experts Weigh In on Recent Science. Now, the first article was more of a general overview of the findings, where the second article gives you kind of more of an explanation. So I'm going to read from the second article. This is a quote from, from that article. Quote, the initial laboratory study published on Wednesday in the Journal of Natural Products was conducted by researchers at Oregon State's Global Hemp Innovation Center. They found that two chemical compounds in hemp, I'm going to screw this up, cannabigerolic acid, or CBGA, and cannabidiolic acid, or CBDA, bound to the coronavirus spike proteins, which allow the virus to enter human cells. Quote, that means some cannabis molecules were able to take away the virus's ability to enter healthy cells, at least in a Petri dish. Now, the article goes on to talk about a second study that was done by researchers at the University of Waterloo's Department of Kinesiology and Health Sciences. 
also done in a Petri dish. They expose kidney cells to COVID genes together with cannabidol or CBD and found that CBD increased the innate immunity of cells to detect the coronavirus genes and destroy itself before replicating the virus, preventing the virus from spreading effectively. However, it's important to note that this study has not yet been peer-reviewed. Now it continues... The data itself is enough for further study, says Mike Sodergren, head of Imperial College Medical Cannabis Research Group and managing director of Sapphire Medical Cannabis Clinic. But it's not enough for any conclusions to be drawn. The cannabis petri dish study is interesting and shows that cannabis may one day be useful to treat COVID, but epidemiologists say that more testing is needed. So, sorry friends, if you're thinking that a joint a day will keep the COVID away, that's probably not the best assessment in my estimation. Again, these are only Petri dish studies, but I think it once again illustrates the potential of cannabis as a medicine. And hopefully with further research, they can find it to be another tool in the fight against COVID. But we also have to be careful with these kinds of stories because the risk of being accused of misinformation is, is always out there. And speaking of misinformation, last week, Spotify received an open letter from 270 alleged doctors asking the podcast service provider to take action against Joe Rogan for spreading, quote, COVID-related misinformation. Now, this comes from an article from Fox News. Quote, the media rushed to circulate the letter, running headlines that cast Rogan as, quote, a menace to public health, as asserted by the group. That's a bit melodramatic, don't you think? Joe Rogan's a menace to public health, really? We're living in an upside-down world, aren't we? Anyway, the article continues. The letter addressed Rogan's now viral episode of the Joe Rogan experience in which virologist and immunologist Dr. Robert Malone criticized the vaccine and voiced concerns over mass formation psychosis. If they listen to that episode, though, it's, you know, Malone kind of comes out and says that he's the guy that invented the mRNA vaccine. So, yeah, maybe they, you know, he's probably a little bit credible on that subject i would say anyway here's a quick clip uh, i found the explanation of mass formation psychosis to be really interesting and it, it caused kind of a firestorm on the internet so here's the clip real quick just check it out from basically european intellectual inquiry into what the heck happened in germany in the 20s and 30s you know very intelligent highly educated population and they went barking mad um, and how did that happen? Um, the answer is mass formation psychosis. When you have a society that has become decoupled from each other and has free-floating anxiety and a sense that things don't make sense, we can't understand it, and then their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point, just like hypnosis, they literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere. And one of the aspects of that phenomena is the people that they identify as their leaders, the ones typically that come in and say, you have this pain and I can solve it for you. I and I alone, okay, can fix this problem for you. 
Okay, then they will lead. They will follow that person through. It doesn't matter whether they lie to him or whatever. The data are irrelevant. And furthermore, anybody who questions that narrative is to be immediately attacked. They are the other. <clears throat> this is central to mass formation psychosis, and this is what has happened. We had all those conditions. If you remember back before 2019, everybody was complaining. The world doesn't make sense. Blah blah blah. Um, and we're all isolated from each other. We're all on our little tools. We're not connected socially anymore, except through social media. Um, and then this thing happened and everybody focused on it. That is how mass formation psychosis happens. And that is what's happened here. Now, I'm no expert, but that seems pretty logical to me. Anyway, the article goes on to say, the group urged Spotify to take action against mass misinformation events on its platform, blasting Rogan for pushing, quote, misleading and false claims on his podcast, provoking distrust in science and medicine, end quote, throughout the pandemic. The doctors also noted that Malone has been suspended from Twitter for spreading misinformation on the topic. Well, Malone mentions that in the episode as well, but he... He says Twitter claims he's spreading misinformation. Now, Spotify has not publicly addressed the letter. The streaming platform has published three new episodes of the Joe Rogan experience since the open letter was first reported last Wednesday. That's also from Fox News. So it's more of the same from the cancel mob. Spotify's not going to punish Rogan. Rogan's not going to change the way he does his show. And Joe says this all the time, you know, we can't figure things out if we can't talk about them. So, but I do find it funny that the right wing media fawns over Joe with Fox News and the like writing pro Joe stories when Joe himself says he's pretty much left on everything. So the left mainstream media hates him and the right wants to be him. So I guess that means Joe is the mainstream now. That's that's the apotheosis of Joe, in case you were wondering. Now, for this last story, I'm going to bring it home to my home state of Michigan. In another story from Fox News, Michigan moms outraged over Dems, quote, disturbing Facebook post. They think they own our kids. Again, from Fox News, Michigan Democratic Party deletes controversial Facebook post about Parents by Nicholas Lanham. Michigan mothers expressed outrage Wednesday on Fox and Friends after the state's Democratic Party dismissed the role of parents in public education in a since-deleted Facebook post. Here's the clip. In a since-deleted Facebook post, the state's Democratic Party said, quote, the purpose of public education in public schools is not to teach kids only what parents want them to be taught. It is to teach them what society needs them to know. Okay, first of all, that's disturbing. Anyway, the clip continues. Well, here to react to Michigan parents, we have Tori Sachs, and she's a mom of four daughters, young in age, a six-year-old, five-year-old twins, and a one-year-old. I don't know how you... Do it. God bless you. And Caitlin Reynolds, and you have one child, a nine-year-old in fourth grade. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good morning. 
Good morning. Okay, so Tori, I'll start with you. What was your reaction, first of all, when you heard that? When you saw it was deleted, is that really how they feel? I think that's absolutely how they feel. I think that the Michigan Democratic Party, teachers unions, and Governor Gretchen Whitmer think they own our kids. I think that's especially disturbing considering they've been the people advocating for closed schools. And Governor Gretchen Whitmer herself vetoed scholarships for parents to hire reading tutors or send their children to open schools. Oh, that's rough. Now, the article goes on to say Michigan mother Caitlin Reynolds said parents across the political spectrum are exhausted by the Democrats' response to the seemingly never-ending pandemic. That's very true. People are wore out on this stuff, man. You know, it every day it changes. Anyway, for the Michigan Democratic Party to think that the parents are not the clientele of the public school system, it's the other way around. We pay the taxes. That's why they're public schools. They are publicly funded, Reynolds said. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Now, the article also has a clip of the original Facebook post, and... The quote from the post goes, quote, now this is from the Michigan Democratic Party. This Again, this is the original Facebook post that was deleted. Quote, not sure where this parents should control what is taught in schools because they are our kids is originating, but parents do have the option to send their kids to a hand-selected private school at their own expense if that is what they desire. I'm not quite sure what they're getting at here because isn't the teachers union pretty pretty democrat and if all the kids go to private schools don't you guys kind of lose your jobs? So what, what what are you getting at here? Anyway, the article goes on to say, The post was deleted Monday morning and came alongside an apology from the group who asserted the original message did not reflect its views and, quote, should not be misinterpreted, end quote, as a statement of support from Democratic officials or candidates. Yeah, you got caught red-handed telling people what you really think of them. And now you're backpedaling. And again, my beautiful home state just continues to embarrass itself. And Madam Governor, apparently these moms are pissed at you. Wow. <laughs> so I hope I who knows with the way it goes, but. I don't think you're getting reelected, Madam Governor. That's just maybe maybe that's a premature prediction here on the show. But at least in your political future in Michigan, it ain't looking real good. So best of luck to you, Madam Governor. Anyway, everybody, thanks for listening. That's about all I've got for you tonight. I hope you enjoyed the show. Stay tuned for more episodes coming up in the future. I've got more news, reviews and interviews for you. February 1st, that's Tuesday, uh, I'm joined by a good friend of mine. He's coming on to discuss kind of a sensitive topic. We're going to talk about his struggle with alcoholism, so that should be a pretty interesting episode. 
But in the meantime, until then, check out any of the episodes you guys haven't listened to yet. Don't be afraid to leave us an email or check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Again, we are on iHeartRadio as well as Spotify, Facebook, and Anchor.fm. Um, again, working on working on getting on more of those podcast providers, but it's a never-ending process. So, Anyway, thanks again, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate your support, and until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Brought to you by Northern Enlightenment Studios, a division of Northern Enlightenment Entertainment Media. We hope you have enjoyed this program. Goodbye. In the transmission.